0: Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with me because I know you're a busy person. And as you were mentioning, as we were getting to know each other a little, how uh, mm-hmm. wor- working to merge both your blogs and being an information yeah. resource for everyone trying to go through HSCT. It's just an honor and a privilege as someone who studied you and your journey in order to prepare myself. Um, I'm just really excited to connect with you. So thank you for taking the oh. time to talk with me.
2: Oh. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate you wanting to uh, talk to me. So thank you.
1: Sure thing. So this, this morning, I've got Anna on the phone from Chicago, and you're going to have to fill this in because I did not get a chance to look through the bio. Medina, Ohio. Medina, Ohio, who received HSCT on? February 23rd, 2017. A date you'll never forget, right? Never, ever, ever, ever. Love it. So it's my welcome. favorite date now. Welcome to the <laughs> HSCT you. Warriors podcast. Um, Yay. Be- Thanks for having me. Yeah. Before we get started with my questions, it'd be great to expand a little bit on that introduction and maybe just tell us how you came to find out about HSCT.
2: For me, um, I already knew about HSCT back in 2012. Um and uh, this was just for me doing my own research because I was determined to try and do anything I could to either stop my MS, reverse my MS, make my MS more tolerable, anything I could do to make my MS better. So I went through a bunch of, you know, trial and error things. I, I did LDN, which is low-dose naltrexone. I went through t um, c s c i um, in Albany, New York twice and, uh, tried to, you know, have that help me out. And then I even was in a stem cell trial through the Cleveland clinic in, um, 2000 and let me see when it was 2015. And that was a mesenchymal stem cell trial. So it was no chemotherapy. They took out my stem cells, um, from my, um, hips and, um, I ended up uh, getting, I think it's 110 million stem cells injected and um, it was pretty cool. And I thought, Hey, this is my cure. This is my everything, you know? So I was already on the, like the stem cell stuff, you know, in the stem cell world. It's just that um, my eyesight got better, a whole lot better. However, the rest of my issues kept progressing and then my eyesight continued to like went back downhill um, soon after I got that done. And it, it seems to me like that's why right now I'm up thinking, I think no chemo, no cure, because I did not have chemotherapy for that particular stem cell trial. And they're not doing that anymore at the Cleveland Clinic. So um, that's why I went to um, speak with uh, Dr. Burt and everybody at Northwestern um, having had that done at Cleveland Clinic I tried to apply right after I had that performed and done, but I was, quote, too good because, and when I say too good, it means my MRIs were pretty much um, quiet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that they looked great, but they were quiet because at the time, they had put me on to celebrate, which I refused to go on, but I ended up having to go on it because I'd feel multiple medications before that and they needed to put me on something other than just, you know, steroids every six to eight weeks because I was, I think I was at that time on my 14th steroid infusion, which is ridiculously a lot of steroids. Um, yeah. So that's how I came to find out about, um, HSTP is because I had already done MSC is what they call it. mesenchymal stem cell, um, Trials uh, or a trial for that. And that particular one was um, only had 24 patients, but I was patient number 17. And um, it was a phase one trial,
1: which means, you very, know, very safe expen- in, experimental.
2: Very experimental. Is it safe in humans? And I'm like, well, I'm alive. So, yes, it's safe <laughs> in humans, right? So I'm like, well, it worked and it worked for me, but they didn't have enough good data and long term data. Uh, to have the doctors there keep going with it at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, but then once I was on the Tissabri uh, and I had contacted uh, Northwestern, I had had two MRIs prior to that, which did not show any new activity. So I was given a no. And um, I begged and pleaded for them to see me. And they said, well, we can see you, but it's not you know, guaranteed that you're going to get in. And uh, I talked to my husband, and I'm like, you know what? While is working, I'm going to let it be, and I'm just going to stay on the rate. So I ended up staying on disability for three and a half years. I'm JC negative. Um, I'm one of those people who's ne- actually JC negative, Amazing. not positive. So yeah, I know there's very few of us around, and I'm still JC negative to this day, which is crazy. Good. That's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, very much. I was very happy with that. So, um, at about, like, three years into the Tessabri, I went for, like, a six-month follow-up at the clinic and um, Mellon Center at the Cleveland Clinic here in Chicago. Not Chicago, but Cleveland, downtown Cleveland. Uh, And they showed me that my MRI had activity while I was on Tessabri. And it was my third year. And my... Um, neurologist said we you're going upstairs right now because upstairs is the infusion room mm-hmm. and she said you're going upstairs and you absolutely have to take the stairway right now and we're we're stopping the discovery, you're not getting any more discovery and we're done. And I'm like, ah, Okay. And then now it's my chance. You know Well yeah, and that's what I think. I thought to myself, I'm like, huh, Dr. Burt said if I relapsed you know, to let them know. And, but then all of a sudden I was getting, you know, thrown Luntrata, you know, in, into my lap here, Try, you know, we're half, and i have to put you on something. So Lontrata the next thing. Oh, Crebus wasn't out yet. So Lontrata was the one that they were, you know, throwing at me. And I'm like, ah, uh, no. I'm going to be calling Chicago tomorrow yeah. and I'm going to be letting them know that I failed to Sabri and I have that relapse that they were looking for. And so I did. I called um, uh, Monique the next day and I said, Hey, remember me from a few years ago? I had a relapse and she's like, okay, send us some information. And I did. And I sent that the email again and things got started. And that's how I got on the HSTT um, journey that I'm on and will be on for the rest of my life because this is the most amazing journey in the world. I, okay. I'm so happy, so, so happy that I did it. But that's that's how I came to be, you know, um, with Dr. Burt and having had it done through Northwestern. Amazing story. Had a lot of things done. But, yeah, thank such, you. Well, yeah. It's
1: such an amazing journey because, you you know, the last thing you want when you're In relapsing, remitting MS is for a relapse to occur. You want to be stable. Right, exactly. Right? But Mm -hmm. it sounds like that relapse uh, set things in motion for you to get on track with getting your life back. Yes, it certainly did. Definitely. So I'm so curious, and thank you so much again for agreeing to share your story, your snowflake with us. Um, no, absolutely. Your unique story with HSCT. Mm-hmm. Why was it important for you to participate in this podcast?
2: In the podcast? Yeah, oh gosh. You. I mean, it's it's one of it's one of the many things that I want to do in order to get awareness or bring awareness to um, the procedure. Bring awareness to the fact that yes, HSCT is done. Not only in, you know, things that are insurance approved right now, but MS has a place and autoimmune diseases have a place, you know, and we should, you know, get the information out that it, this works for a lot of people, many people who have um, autoimmune diseases, um, especially relapse remitting MS, which we've seen with um, a lot of Dr. Burt's Trials that he's been um, publishing and has published recently, and I believe there's another one coming up that he's going to be publishing soon with you know great data and just getting the getting the word out. And so being part of a podcast is is an amazing way to reach people. And I'm so thankful and I'm happy that you do this for us as well. And you know that way we get everybody's um, info. Out there, and you know, because everybody, like you said, snowflakes—we're all different. You know, we're all a, a, a different fingerprint, and some, you know, have differing, you know, things that are going on with them with their MS. Whether it's you know their numbness and tingling is worse, whereas you know mine was more walking and balance and vision. So it's it's important to know that there's lots of people out there that are getting help. I say cured for me. I mean, cure is a word that I use in my own, on my own, basically, which says to me, like, if I'm in permanent remission, I call that my cure. Sure. So, you know, and because it's my cure, doesn't mean it's everybody's cure or it's the cure for MS. But to me, it's my cure. And it has been, I mean, I'm 18 months, about 18 months post now, and I'm feeling amazing. So this is part one, one more step of, you know, getting the word out there to everybody. And for that, I thank you for inviting me to, to speak about it.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. I'm just so happy to connect with you. it sounds like you've had such a positive experience that you're now willing to share, continue sharing with others and, um, your light has certainly inspired me and so many people. So, thank you for sharing all of your story with all of us and your videos and um, support for everyone going through this journey. It's just, it's great to connect with you. Um, Absolutely, no so problem. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about your most memorable experience so far with HSCT. I think the most memorable experience for me was,
2: I think it was a very simple experience on my drive home from when I was discharged. It was dark. And I remember looking through the windshield. I wasn't driving. My, my husband was driving, but I remember looking through the windshield and I just yelled out loud. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't see halos. I don't see halos anymore. And I'm asking my husband, I'm like, when you see those headlights, I'm like, they look like little sparkling dots. He goes, yes. I'm like, that's what I see. That's what I see. And I'm like, before that, I basically couldn't drive at night or I was very afraid to drive at night, uh, especially if it was raining too. No, no way. Because I was, I had had optic neuritis. Technically, I've gone blind six times, four of which were optic neuritis, two in the right eye, two in the left eye. The other two were bilateral, so bilateral both eyes, but that was because I had a huge lesion. Um, I mean, I still had that lesion, but it's not active and it's shrunken actually. Yay. Yay. Um, That lesion, yeah. So that lesion activated twice. um, And when that happened, I lost vision in both of my eyes at the same time. So I was legally blind. And because of that, my optic nerves have had a lot of damage and my field of vision tests showed it that I had Con- continual damage in my vision, and I was never able to get rid of halos. And halos were, you know, constant for me. And I'm just, I w- that was just the most amazing, thrilling moment. I mean, I cried because I'm like, I can see what everybody else sees. Or I I didn't even know what everybody else saw. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, if if this is how it looks at night, then no wonder everybody, nobody cares when they have to drive at night. And here I am like scared to drive at night or was scared to drive at night, but not anymore because things have changed so much, especially visually for me, vision. I do remember another time where I was actually in the hospital Um, And I do believe it was maybe two or three days after the actual infusion of the stem cells, where I woke up and it was so bright in my room. And it was no brighter than it was probably the other days, but it just felt brighter. And I'm looking around, and the 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 hazard, the can hazard can, which is red. I'm like, oh my gosh! And I said it to my husband again. I'm like, that can is so red. (laughs) And I think I. I think I remember posting something on my blog saying, why didn't you people tell me that the world looks this beautiful? Because I know it seemed to me that I had been living for so long with almost like a veil in front of me where everything was just gloomy. There was no pop of color. I mean, I could see colors, but nothing pops the way it pops now. I mean, everything is so crisp, crisp now and clear and, you know, even at night, I'm like, I you know, I see headlights coming. They're not, they don't blind me. Or I, you know, I see the signs and the green is really green, you know, and I can totally tell what's on the sign mm. without having it, you know, being like this big green blob.
1: How does that so, feel um, for you? How does that feel? It, oh, gosh, it's just, it's... um it's one of those things where
2: you, your whole life changes because of just that one little small thing, because now I don't have to worry about winter coming, um, fall coming, and the days getting shorter and, you know, it getting darker in the evening because I, I because I had to be a stay-at-home mom, and I say had to be, I like being a stay-at-home mom, but I was a physical therapist, um, and I was diagnosed tried to work forever. I tried to work, you know, with the diagnosis, and, but I had to take a lot of time off, you know, with my relapses. But um it's, it's just, it's surreal to be able to, you know, be that stay-at-home mom who can take your kids to things at night. You know, in the evenings because you know it'll start getting dark at five o'clock, six o'clock, right. and I'm like, I did, I not, I didn't want to pick up my son from you know whatever he was doing or wherever he had to go, and I'm just like, ah, you know, asking my husband, can you do it? Asking my parents, can they do it? Because i was afraid to drive. I mean, I'm like, Ash, I just don't feel comfortable driving if it's at night. But not any longer. Not now. I'm just like, oh, okay, it's raining. Like it's been rain. it's been pretty rainy here in Ohio the last uh few days because Gordon's been coming through. Yes. And I've ha- had no issue driving at night to do anything or whatever I needed to do, which has been just just awesome and a freeing experience. It's like free I have the oh, freedom yeah. now to yeah, to do what I need to do without having to ask for help.
1: So amazing. That's beautiful. Mhm. It's yeah. very empowering you. for you. Very much so, yes. And great that you had the support of your family and that your mm-hmm. kids probably understood, right, that it's just not today, and but now you don't have to say no anymore. Right.
2: They, You know, now they're understanding more. Um, when I was diagnosed, my boys were two and four, So they never met a mom without MS or they don't remember a mom without MS. And so they remember the home health nurses coming to give me infusions. You know, they remember me taking my shots. They remember me getting sick and having to go, you know, uh, to the hospital for whatever reason, Um, you know, so they remember those things and they remember that, you know, yes, when we went to Disney World, mom had to be in a wheelchair. And, you know, and the reason being is like, could I walk? Yeah, I could walk, but not that far. And I'm like, I'm not going to be holding anybody up. So I'm I'm going to be in the wheelchair. But then again, I needed it because by the time I went at that time, I was walking, you know, better than I was right before HSTT, Um, but I still needed a wheelchair. And so it got to the point where I, and I still have it here at home, but I don't use it. I just look at it and laugh. Um, I have my transport wheelchair, um, which I remember the last time I used that was um in Chicago, uh right before my HSCT, um, before my treatment and haven't ever ever had to use it since, which is amazing. Same thing with my cane and my walker. Those two have been, you know, collecting dust ever since I got back from Chicago.
1: That is amazing. So, so tell us more. How is recovery going for you?
2: Right now, I'm at a point in my recovery where that roller coaster that people keep hearing about has pretty much um, leveled off and I don't have any more roller coaster rides, (laughs) so to speak. Um, So my fatigue is pretty much gone. Um, I am able to run. I'm able to jump. I'm able to walk without any assistive device. Um, I'm able to tolerate, you know, hotter conditions outside. Um, I'm seeing better. Uh, my word finding difficulties are better. Not a hundred percent, but you know, it's it's, it's it a work time. in progress. Yeah,
1: it takes time. It
2: does. Well, you, I mean, I always have to remind myself that I had from my diagnosis because I, in retrospect, I think I know. Not, I think, but I know that I had MS longer than once my diagnosis was given to me on December. I would say it was December 10th, 2009. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I remember these dates, but it's um, it's a, it, it was a surreal day for me. So, you know, that's that's one of, the things, one of those days I remember where I was diagnosed with MS. But I look back and I'm like, oh, I had a lot of things happen that I can explain now as a, oh, that was a type MS thing. But recovery now, I mean, it's, I still have damage from the eight years of meds that I took, um, and also, um, just damage from all the relapses that I had, but my MRIs, my uh, six month post MRI and my one year post MRI both showed that there is no activity there has not been any additional activity because I don't see any um, scars or lesions that were, weren't there before that are quiet now. Um, and that any of my um, scar tissue, which is where former lesions were, has significantly gotten smaller. Wonderful. So I have less scarring. And that's that's icing on the cake with HSTC. Absolutely. You know, they say you know, that it stopped your MS in its tracks and it did for mine. I just was lucky that I got, you know, icing on the cake by having, you know, a lot of recovery, that um, is so, which I did,
0: so you know, wonderful. and I,
2: yes, I helped it along too, because, you know, I did my physical therapy, I did my occupational therapy, I even did speech therapy You know, because I did have a little tremor in my voice and I had some, you know, word finding difficulties and that sort of thing. So, you know, you go through that. And after doing that, if you're, you know, active and you try to fight through the fatigue, because the fatigue that a lot of people get that I've noticed after the procedure is like a chemotherapy induced fatigue. And it feels totally different than an MS fatigue, or at least it does. It did for me where my MS fatigue was just, I mean, if anybody out there has MS fatigue, they understand what I'm talking about because Absolutely. it's not, Hey, I'm tired. You know, it's not, I'm tired. And I'm sleepy. No, it's like, I have fatigue and this is not going to go away, you know, today or tomorrow. And, you know, I'll, when I wake up, I'll let you know, you know, but, um, you you do get the fatigue after, or at least I got the fatigue after the chemotherapy. And then after the steroids wore off, it was like a boom. Oh boy. Okay. My steroids wore off from the, from the, from the treatment. So now what? I'm like, I'm really tired and fatigued. And for me, part of it was, um, uh, hormonal because I am a female. Um, and it is, uh, the cytoxin, um, which is the chemotherapy that I had, and I believe that Dr. Burt is still using right now, um, does possibly destroy, um, ovaries. And because I'm already, I'm 41 right now. Uh, when I had it done, I was uh, going on 40 and, um, I was already done with having my children, and so I'm like, oh, if that happens, it's fine. I had hysterectomy, but I still had, you know, my ovaries and and colloquial tubes, so um, I was still making hormones at the time, but once I had the treatment and I went to the chemotherapy, I found out that uh, through my uh, gynecologist that I had to go see uh, that I was thrown into menopause. Totally fine with me. I'm not, you know, sure, harping on the menopause part, but I do have to, and I, or I choose to, I should say, I choose to have a uh, estrogen patch um, because I don't want to be dealing with hot flashes. I don't, I don't want to go through the whole menopause thing. I'm like, I'm only 41. I'm a little too young to go through it. That's <laughs> my, just my little thing. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep wearing the patch. Now, no, I'm not taking any medication for it like pill medication because I don't want it to go through my liver I don't want you know to be um, anything to be poisoning my body I would rather just have this as a transdermal you know delivery system of some hormones and it's been working beautifully for me and that has tremendously once we figured out that that was part of the problem that that has tremendously helped my fatigue
1: that's great to know and Mm -hmm. good um Insight to managing the after effects, right, of recovery. Definitely. Because I keep saying the more I can ease the transition that my body's going Mm -hmm. through, the more I can contribute to an environment where healing occurs.
2: I agree. That, That is very correct, yes.
1: So what have been some other of the essential components for you in your recovery? You mentioned physical therapy, occupational therapy, and An estrogen patch. Um -hmm. any other essential components for you? Um um keeping up
2: on my vitamin D levels because when I was diagnosed with MS, my I think my D level was twelve. That's extremely ridiculously low. Wow. So yeah. And so keeping up with my D levels, um I've been gardening a lot now that I, I'm allowed to put my hands in the dirt and the mulch and everything I've been gardening. So I'm out in the sun a little bit. And, um, that's my workout and I have a pool. And so I'll swim in the pool, um, when I can. And, uh, so a little bit of exercise. I, I, I remember people telling me, oh, if you exercise, your fatigue will go away. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, like, I don't know about that because I'm too tired to exercise. Well, yes and no. I mean, once you get on the exercise kick, even if it's just some small stuff, walking or doing anything, you know, which forces you to do some sort of physical activity, you end up feeling better. You really do. Or I did. And uh, so I'm like, huh, this is, this is, a, this is a real thing. Because when I go outside and I work in my garden, I, I feel so much better that evening. You know, one, I'm, I feel great because I just did something awesome, gardening. And, you know, I'm like, I couldn't do that ever before, especially if it's 80 degrees out. I'm like, this is crazy. I, I love it. And then um, I just feel better having had exercise somewhat and, you know, gotten some, um, you know, work done so um it's it's a sense of accomplishment yeah
1: you get energy yeah it is yes
2: and it it is it is it is an energizing thing to to do some sort of physical activity whether it's you're still doing physical therapy or even occupational therapy you know or, or even cleaning your house you know if you're able to now you know vacuum when you weren't before you know you're using muscles that you that your body has forgotten how to use sometimes and yeah, you'll get tired, but it's because those muscles don't have the endurance that they could have had, had you been able to use them properly over the X amount of years you've been diagnosed or over the X amount of years you've had the, the disease, whether it's MS or lupus or any of the autoimmune diseases. I feel that, you know, if you're, if you're able to do anything physical, and even if you get tired from it it's it's a good thing, it's a good tired and it helps it helps with recovery it really does
1: helps reveal that muscle memory and at least speaking from mm-hmm. my own experience, and I'm almost twelve months out I'll be twelve months Yay! in october and um ah, that would be awesome. It will be awesome, <laughs> and it's that it's that roller coaster, right because you can yeah get stuck in the ride Mm -hmm. of depression and fatigue and exhaustion and Mm -hmm. uncertainty. And so it's a great reminder to just keep Mm -hmm. moving, right? Keep moving, keep those muscles engaged Mm -hmm. and finding their way to remember what it's like to be more active because HSCT, you're right. The promise is that it halts progression, right? And so, for those mm-hmm. of us that can experience the silver lining and gain some mobility back, um, we are doing our best when we are facilitating that recovery by moving and continuing to move yeah. with activities that we love. It sounds like you love gardening, so it's great that you can have your hands back in the soil. Yeah,
2: yeah, I do now. I didn't. I did not like gardening before because. I don't know. I just I wasn't a gardener before. Part of it was, oh, I don't want to be out in the sun; it's too hot. And then you know, others is like, oh, too many bugs. You know, oh, dirty. No, no. Now all of that is completely changed. I'm like, I love getting my hands in the dirt. It feels so grounded. You know, I feel so grounded when I'm touching the earth. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then you you touched on the um, roller coaster. You yes. said you're you're going to be having your one year uh, next next month? October Today? 18th. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. I'm going to say, you know, happy anniversary, semiv- <laughs> birthday and ahead of time. Um, but, um, just be aware that the roller coaster, like for me, the roller coaster, I would say came to a slow crawl at about 16, 15, 16 months post is when I was like, huh, I'm actually having, way more better days than, quote, bad days. And my bad days are were better than my good days when I had, you know, right. and I'm going to say had, had MS. You know, I'm going to keep saying it like that. Um, do I have MS? Um, I have the disease MS. However, I don't have, it's not active. It's in remission, or full remission, permanent remission. And I often think of it as, you, if someone has cancer, unfortunately, if someone has cancer, but let's say they have some sort of a treatment and they eradicate their, their cancer and they're considered intermission, well, a lot of these people say, I've cured my cancer, you know, or I'm cured. And um, do they still have issues from before when they had the cancer and other and things were happening in their body? Yes, they still do. But they're now cured from that cancer because that cancer is gone and is not ever going to come back. So that's why I use the word cured for myself. Um, I'm not saying that I don't have MS. Um, I'm saying that I had MS as in the past since I had MS. Um, and I still have some issues um, which are only because uh, I have damage, eight years worth of damage. And sure. some of, some of that will come comes out when, for example, if I have a very stressful, busy day and I'm running around, didn't get enough sleep or, you know, I'm outside and it's, it's almost too hot or I overheat, you know, anything like that, I will notice myself limp, um, my left leg, I'll, my, I'll get a little bit of foot drop. I'll have some blurriness in my eyes and I don't let it scare me anymore because I realized that it's transient. It's just pseudo exacerbation, meaning I reached that red line. Because I, I talk about a red line that if you reach that red line, that you've probably done too much. And you, you know, know to back
1: You know exactly. the back Yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
2: So, you know, so that part of the roller coaster has gotten better in that my red line, you know, to reach my red line is a little bit harder now. You know, so I can go farther, do things better and for longer periods of time without getting um, pseudo exacerbations that come around because I have that, you know, um, damage still in certain areas of my brain. And, um, but most, a lot of the yeah, well, a lot of it is healing because MRIs are showing that these areas are smaller, like the bad areas are smaller. And I'm like. Wow, that's that's crazy! You know, I didn't think that could happen. Yeah, well, it's something we we go into
1: it and we don't anticipate. And I think Doctor Bird is very good about cautioning, not cautioning, but just describing it as that silver lining. Right, that he is not a guarantee at all. Mm -hmm. Um, That the point is to halt progression, and you know, just. That in and of itself is tremendous to know, to wake up and know that you're not going to get worse is a reassuring feeling.
2: Yes, And, and waking up for me, I had very bad spasticity. Um, and I was on baclofen three times a day. Uh, I couldn't take more than that. And I couldn't take higher doses of that, of baclofen because I would have vertigo. So I was kind of stuck because I'm like, I can only take a certain amount. Before I have other issues go on, so I I was only taking um, it three times a day, and I, I couldn't miss one. Because if I missed one, I mean, I I was it was like walking in concrete and in pain, painful concrete. Like I was in so much pain, and my pain was twenty four seven. It was it just never went away. And um, now I am completely not even as I mean as of my treatment as of, as of like the two days after getting the stem cells and it's not the stem cells because it's, it's not the stem cells that, that cure you. It's, it's the, the chemo, chemo, but uh, yeah. So I mean, um, cause I don't want people to think that it's because of the stem cells that I got better. Right. No, it's not. That's not why I got better. But um, no, I, I, I no longer take anything for spasticity, anything for pain because I have zero pain. I have been so blessed that my pain is completely, utterly gone. And so, so I, I just, I'm go, thank you. So I go back and, you know, with your question and where you asked, you know, what's, you know, what's one of the big things that, you know, and I talked about the lights, you know, cause I remember that very vividly. but then when I look back, I'm like, there are so many amazing, like crazy things that I realize, you know, that I wake up and I'm like, I don't have to, I'm not blind. I, have, I don't have to worry about, you know, my eyesight going. I'm not in pain. You know, I'm not, you know, so tired that I'm going to go right back to sleep. No, I mean, I just, every, everything has gotten better, is different, but better. That's I mean, everything tremendous. is just so
1: much better. So tremendous. Very much. So Thank you, yeah. Well, good. and then looking back, did you have any doubts or reservations going into HSCT? I mean, it sounds like you were eager to try anything and even mm-hmm. try experiments with the Cleveland Clinic and try mm-hmm. whatever you could to take control back did you have any doubts or reservations and how did you come to resolve those
2: um i had no doubts zero 100% i knew this was going to be my answer that's i mean, yeah, and that, honestly that's how i felt and I think deep down inside I had to feel that way because I needed that hope. I needed that knowledge in my head that this is going to be my cure, that this is going to help me and this is going to stop my MS. And and that just, you know, lit a fire in me. And I'm like, this is going to work. I'm like, no matter what, it's going to work. And I'm going to get through it and I'm going to keep pounding through it. And I did. And And I'm really glad that I kind of set myself up that way because I didn't want to set myself up going, well, what if it doesn't work? No, I I, that was not there was no verbiage in my head ever that said, what if it doesn't work ever? And that's kind of, you know, I really put all of my faith into this. And I was very, very opinionated, very strong. And I stuck to it. And I'm like, this is going to work. And when it did, I'm like, all right, let's, let's celebrate because, yeah. I, you know, it was, it was just an awesome feeling. So I'm like, and i kept telling myself, I'm like, I told you, you know, and to myself, I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to work, you know. And I
1: still, to this day, you know, I tell myself, I'm like, this is so surreal. So unbelievably surreal to it's be so able to do well, what I'm doing right yeah, now. It's not every day you get to fulfill your destiny.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's it's
2: awesome. It's such an awesome, awesome ride to be on right now, you know, to, to have my next best life ever, basically. That's
1: beautiful and a beautiful way to say it. And I'm sure it's just so exciting to get to know your sons and build a new relationship mm-hmm. with them where mom yeah. isn't sick anymore.
2: Yep. It's super, super cool, super awesome because I, I can, you know, do so much with them now. You know, I went bowling with them the other day, you know, and it it could, I could, I could have probably gone with them, but I don't think I would have been able to participate to the level that I participated, you know, where I actually played like several games with them. And it was just myself and my boys hanging out and doing that. And, you know, and we were being active swimming with them in the pool. Um, Actually, um, my my older son is a fencer. He's fencing. And I decided that I wanted to see what it was like. So I, I'm i trying it right now. And I fence every Saturday morning. Um, and it's hard. I mean, I look at my son going, like, how do you do this? This is so hard. You know, but it's hard for anybody who's starting up fencing. And here I am, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I had MS 18 months ago. And now I'm, I don't, you know, and I'm just, I want, I want to try fencing. So I'm going to try fencing. And then my um, younger son, he's a dancer and he uh, does tap ballet, jazz, hip hop. He does the the whole slew of things. And, um, his teacher, his tap teacher came up to me, um, was it last week and she said, Hey, we're starting an adult tap class. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get sucked into this too. But I mean, you know, it's like I can do it if I wanted to do it or, and if I had the time to do it, I would love to try it, but I, I didn't have that option before. And and that's where life is like, Oh, huh, this is amazing. I can do this. I can get these things done. And that's where the, um, the hope for me, is that everybody who, I guess, everybody who has any kind of an autoimmune disease or bloodborne disease, anything like that. My hope is that HSCT becomes an option for people.
1: Yes, a standard Whereas, of care, an option as a standard of care. Yes, I agree because
2: the, the medications. I'm not going to bad mouth the medications, nor am I going to bad mouth Big Pharma. Um, well, then again, I just called it big pharma. So that's probably not a good thing (laughs) for me to say. So, um, which, you know, it shows kind of how I feel a little bit bitter about things, but with the, with pharmaceuticals, however, you know, I have several friends with who I, you know, have had relationships for years and have, that have MS as well. And, um, they are doing fantastic on their, on their medications. And they've been on them for, I think some of them have been on them for 10 plus years and good, good for them. Good. I mean, I am so happy for them that it works for them. That they found something
1: just, that works for them. Right.
2: Exactly. But when you get to people like me who went through four drugs and the fourth being to and it's failing on you and you're like going, Oh, now they're throwing, you know, chemotherapy my way. I'm like, well, how about I do chemotherapy differently and do it in Chicago with some stem cells, you know? And so my neurologist was actually very for it. She even wrote a letter yeah. to my insurance company that said, this is a medical necessity for her, for me. And, um, unfortunately my insurance company said, no, that they weren't going. I know a lot of people have, you know, issues with insurance covering it. And that's my other thing is I hope that you more or most insurance companies do start covering it as as a standard of care at some point in time, sooner rather than later. Yeah, that is my
1: hope as well. And I hope that this podcast and lifting people's stories out into Mm -hmm. more of a general audience can help that grassroots movement to put the pressure on insurance companies and even the pharmaceuticals to recognize that this is a very valid option for people for whom drugs mm-hmm. don't work. It's only fair. Correct. It's only fair and to give people a second chance at life.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. And and I have to say thank you to Medicare, because um, if it wasn't for Medicare, I wouldn't have been able to get my treatment when I did get my treatment. I would have had to fundraise a, a lot more than I had to fundraise because Medicare paid for my treatment. You know, and and I'm so blessed that I had Medicare as a secondary insurance. And the only reason I did is because I couldn't work full time and I was already I was on permanent full disability. And I had already, you know, been on disability for two years and I ended up getting Medicare and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm, you know, 30-something and I'm on Medicare. It's crazy. But still, you know, they came through. They came through and uh, whatever my husband's private insurance refused to cover or wouldn't cover uh, in the office, under the office of it being experimental or not FDA approved or whatever – reasoning they gave, um, not medically necessary, that was one of the reasons they gave. And that's when my neurologist wrote them a letter. And they're like, Oh, well, well, no, we still won't give it to you. But Medicare came in and said, Well, we'll do it. You know, we'll pay for it. And I'm like, Wow, you would think, you know, of all, you know, things Medicare would be all not about it, but they sure are. So I have to, you know, say thank you to to Medicare for, for helping
1: me out with that. I think they recognize the return on investment.
2: Yeah, and I think they they're able to add and subtract properly, and you know <laughs> m- multiply, you know, because you know and I don't want to say anything bad about you know insurance companies, but I mean if you look at it and you're getting a bill from you know each one of your MS patients who you know you're covering uh, like twelve thousand dollars for an infusion of tisabri a month, but you bring it down to like oh five thousand, and then they max out by March. Um, and then you have, you're left paying the rest of it. I think in about a year and a half, the, the price of the HSCT is pays for itself. So, I mean, I would love to tell my husband's insurance company, Hey, I haven't had to cost you guys any money for the last 18 months. You're welcome.
1: Zero and, dollars. You know,
2: <laughs> Thank Medicaid. Zero. Yeah. Medicare,
0: Medicare. So thank you,
2: Medicare. Right? No, you're fine. But yeah, so thank you, Medicare. And I almost, I, I mean, I'm to the point where I get, I get kind of, uh, uh, not angry. I don't want to say angry, but you know, I get into a little, you know, place in my head where I'm like, I wish that they would reimburse Medicare. You know, I really do wish, I really wish that the, the, the private insurance company, my husband, would reimburse Medicare because Medicare is, you know, taxpayers money.
1: And I'm like, right. saving you a lot I, of money. He,
2: yeah. Yeah. And I, I wish that Medicare would get paid back because it really should have been covered by my husband's insurance and not Medicare. But 100%
1: agree. then again,
2: I'm not going to rock any votes. Because I'm just going to leave it as it is right now. But um, they, my husband's insurance company, does know that I'm doing just fine now. And so I haven't heard anything from them, but um, hopefully I'll be chatting with them again. Like maybe on my two year uh, anniversary of having it done, I'll be like, you know what? It's been 24 months. Guess what? My MS is gone. So like I haven't cost you
1: a dime in that regard. And exactly. It'd be if you could offer mm-hmm. your share back or at least cover oh, yeah. somebody, cover somebody that yeah. requests yeah. the procedure, you know. pay it forward.
2: Mm-hmm. And that I've been, we've been trying to do that with this particular company. They, they here in Ohio are, are a very prominent company in Ohio. And a lot of people have them. And I have several people who here who had the procedure done that, uh, that company, that particular company, would not pay for it and still refuses to pay for it. I'm like, well, hopefully the tides are going to change soon. Uh sooner the better, because there's a lot of people in the wings waiting that need it so badly and, and quickly before so things true. get really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, good for you for remaining an advocate for yourself and others. Um, Absolutely. That's just so important that we come together in our community and support one another. So thank you for being a part of that. Is there, um, no yeah. Is there anything you could offer as like specifically as advice based on your own experience to help others with MS, um, either in preparing for or recovering from HSCT? Um, Let's see. Preparing for it. Um, a lot
2: I I think that um, if people aren't on Facebook, I think that there's a lot of people who don't realize that there are Facebook groups, specifically the Chicago HSCT Facebook group, which has a ton of information on it. And I post information to it. And I know there's a lot of other people that post information to it um, as far as how to get, uh, first of all, how to get your foot in the door, you know, sending an email to, uh, to, to Northwestern. And and that's really as easy. I mean, that's so easy. It's one email. It's not all it is is an email. It's basically, you know, you saying I had whatever disease you have. I've had it for this long. I've been on this medication, that medication, or not. You haven't been on any medication. You have you've got to you know, get your foot in the door. Get your name on their roster some way, somehow. That way they know that you exist. And because, you know, you never know when there's going to be a trial coming up that is going to have your name all over it, you know, or you're going to be like the perfect candidate for something like that is. Or if you contact them, like I did a couple of years down the road, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you did contact us, you know, two years ago. And they're like, yeah, come on down. And I'm like, OK, let's do it. So I feel like, you know, um, try and get as much information as you can from, well, not only just facebook and and those pages but there's people like myself and you who have our own blogs and um you know i i post a lot of videos uh videos of where i was preparing for it, videos during and now videos after post and um i do touch on a lot of um, things uh, in regards to roller coaster stuff and post-chemo things that can happen, you know, some people's platelets drop, some people's, you know, things, you know, everybody has their own thing. Some people get fever, some people don't, you know, and that's where that roller coaster comes in. Some people think, oh my gosh, is my MS coming back? Is it, you know, because you get these pseudo exacerbations. So being prepared and being knowledgeable about the possibility of certain things happening, it is great, especially when you know you reach out and talk to people on um Facebook or even contacting myself or contacting you or anybody else uh, you know who's a veteran who's had it done and then also in the um in like at like after you have it done realizing and having other people realize too, that this is not, you know, Hey, I had, you know, sense, quote, stem cell treatment. So I'm cured and the whole family goes, okay, so you should be able to do everything now. Well, no, right. that's not how it is. You right. know, some people are like, Oh, so that means you can go back to work full time tomorrow. Mm, I wish, but no, that's not going to happen, you know? And, you know, don't, yourself in that position where you feel that you have to be perfect and cured and feeling uh, you know amazing right away um i don't know i mean me personally when i say i feel amazing my amazing is pro- is, is different than your amazing than anybody else's amazing yeah,
1: absolutely i, mean,
2: I feel I mean, I'm basing it on how I was before and how I was before was a train wreck. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, every little thing to me is amazing. But I mean, I do look at it and, you know, um, I try to look at it as as a third person and I'm looking at myself like, huh, I can do that now. Oh, I can do that now. Yeah, I still need a little help with this. But you know what? It's uh, it's, it's, it's like a, you know, flip on the screen. You know, my life is just so much better than it was before. And so so I think people... Yeah, I think people need to realize that basically what, you know, what they end up getting back is what they end up getting back. The, I think the one big thing to remember is that you want to stop this disease from getting any worse. If you can stop the disease from getting any worse, then your body has ways of healing itself, whether it's to a certain extent or, you know, it doesn't matter. At least there's some healing going on um, and there's no more damage happening. Um I do know that in the works. Not that I'm going to be pushing for drugs or anything like that. In the works, there are medications that are being tested for remyelinating. Um, uh, for uh, remyelination, I should say remyelination sure, to- and remyelinating the nerve. And I'll tell you, even though I had HSCT performed and I feel fantastic and amazing, I wouldn't be one of those people who's going to say no to trying that because I do have a lot of things that I could probably make better, even though I feel like I'm, you know, pretty good right now. I'm at 18 months. They say from a year to two years, two years you're going to be like the best you're going to be. Well, I think I could be better, you know, and I'm always feeling that way. I'm like, I'm always trying to like, I want to make myself better. I want to be even better, even better. So I've been looking into some of the things that they've been doing as far as, trials of these drugs that, you know, remyelinate your, your nerves. And it's like, huh, I think that might be a great adjunct, you know, to do after HSTP or even what I had done, the mesenchable stem cells, right. having something like that done after HSTP, because that's more for um, uh, repair, not for prevention.
1: Right. And Boosting so, that healing, you
2: know, yeah. So I, I'm still open to having more things done in order to continue living my best life ever. And I That's think that everybody should should real, yeah, and it's something that people need to realize that even if you don't think you're a hundred percent there's always there's always something to to go on to, to, to keep trying. Whether it's, you know, I'm going to exercise more or I'm going to, you know, go to bed at a better hour or sleep more or any, anything like that. And then looking into other trials and treatments and that sort of thing, it, it should not, it should not be off your radar just to get HSDT. I think, you know, the fact that we had MS and, um, or whatever autoimmune disease, you know, we had the HSDT for, it's good to know what's out there still. And what, what they're coming up with, because a lot of these things now are going to be re- ways to repair rather than just halt the, the progression. And I think that's fantastic, because once we get the two things, you know, let's halt it and then now let's repair it. Once you get those two things, then, I mean, the world is your
1: oyster. That's what I think. There you go. That's a growth mindset for you. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> it really truly is. And let's shift gears a little bit and I'll challenge you to name a superpower that you gained from HSCT. A superpower that I gained from HSCT.
2: Um running. <laughs> I I'm running I can run. Which yeah. is, I think that's a big superpower to me. Like running um is a is a pretty cool superpower.
1: That's a very cool superpower. It's a simple
2: one, but I mean, like, that for me is a big superpower, especially since, you know, I was walking with a cane, you know, not very far, but, you know, and then furniture walking in my house, so that's what I was, was doing. Well, now, running up and down the stairs without having to worry about tripping, falling, or missing a step, or even thinking about it, you know, there's no second thought. If I have to run and do something, I'll run. You know, and then I'll stop and go, wait, wait, I'm running. You know, it's like it kind of hits you like, whoa, I can't believe I'm running right now.
1: That's tremendous. So, Is there anything mm-hmm. holding you back from sharing your superpower? Anything from holding me back? Yeah.
2: Um, gosh, I mean, I can only run so far. You know, if, I mean, there's no marathons or half marathons on my, you know, docket. But if I had to run a mile, I could probably run a mile. Um, that's pretty, pretty intense. I I may be pretty whooped after that, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, not really, I don't think anything's preventing me from, from doing that. It's just more of a, I have to learn not to be scared to run too, because you still have this mindset of, oh gosh, every time I tried to, you know, speed it up or run or do anything like that, I always fell down or I always, you know, tripped, you know, on my foot or whatnot. But, um, so it's my own, you know, my own thought process sometimes slows me down or prevents me from doing something like that because I'm like, Ooh, can I do it? And then I do it and I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. We're good. We're still good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm, I'm now I'm okay. You're regaining
1: your, your confidence. Yes. Yes. Definitely regaining my confidence. Absolutely. Anything specific you might recommend, others look to for HSCT specifically either preparing you for HSCT or just somewhere along the journey. I mean, was there a favorite book that you took along when you were in mobilization phase or, you know, what got you through those two weeks or any kind Um, of resource? yeah.
2: Yeah, there was, there was one book that I had at my bedside table the entire time I was there in the hospital And I also made um, an effort to contact um, the chaplains at Northwestern because I'm Catholic, and um, I was, you know, I had to, um, it took a lot of, what do I want to say? How do I say it? It it took a lot of self Just, I mean, I had to kind of immerse myself into this whole journey. And one of the things that helped me through it was a book called um, Jesus Calling. And it was my go-to book. And um, I would quote, you know, passages from it. And every day there was a certain passage. It's by Sarah Young. Um, Basically, um, it's devotions for every day of the year. And so while I was there, I would open it up to to that particular day and I would read the devotion. And um, several times uh, during my stay, I would take a picture of it. I would post it on Facebook or I would send it to um, others who were at the same, you know, time in house as me, you know, inpatient as me, you know, that morning to kind of, you know, get them kind of, you know, pumped up for, for the rest of the day, you know, like here, look at this, this is what, what today, today's um devotion is. And I think that to me, it was, it was very, very spiritual, very helpful. And I, I truly, it, it this was, this was um my go-to every morning when I had, like when I got up was reading the Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. So that's you. that's my book.
1: Yeah, thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that. Sure. Any, absolutely. Is there anything else like that's contributed to your success with recovery? Family, F- friends
2: and family just being so supportive. I I couldn't have done this without my husband, my parents, my kids, ev- I mean everybody being on the same page as I was, you know, nobody was telling me, don't do it. Nobody was saying, you know, Oh, it's awful. It's this or whatever. You know, everybody was like, you do what you need to do. And we will support you 110%. And they did. And I'm so blessed to, to have, you know, such a strong group of um family members and people that are able, that are able and were able to, you know, get me through it. Because I think it's, it's, it's important to, you know, yeah. and then also we, the people you meet throughout your journey, we're family, basically. I mean, I, we we consider our, our, each other family. The everybody who I've met, and then going back to Chicago and meeting new people and kind of surprising people showing up, you know, out of the blue in Chicago, like, hey, how are you? You know, Do you have any questions? You know, and so and meeting them and you know having them join my family um, that is, in and of itself is a blessing that I have another, another family that, um, I can go to and talk to, um, especially during that, you know, period of time where you're wondering you're on the roller coaster and you're like, gosh, are they feeling the same as me? And a lot of times they are and, you know, and you give them a call and they give you a call or a text or whatnot. And, um, they they kind of pull you through. You pull them through and, you know, you give them a suggestion and say, what about this? How about trying that? You know, you should call. Maybe you should call Dr. Burt. Maybe you should, you know, anything like that. And um, I feel that that's pretty important to keep your um, HSTP family close. You know, the ones who went through the procedure around the same time as you and even the veterans who have that kind of same timeline as you, except they're maybe a year or two ahead of you you know, keeping up with them and kind of seeing where they're at um, two years post, one year post and, um, and then, and, and, and your own, you know, family too, keeping them close, informed and letting them know how you feel, you know, don't try to hide, you know, that you're not feeling great because they expect you to be feeling better or whatnot, because you already had the stem cell treatment done. No, that's, you know, you just, gotta be honest communication so that's, is that's key. my advice. Yeah,
1: very much so. Yeah, yeah. Communication is key. And it's just great to be part of your family. It's great to um, connect with you here. I'm very curious to know if there's anything about HSCT that you are grateful for that has gone unspoken.
2: Oh gosh, I'm so outspoken that I think I've said everything. I mean, I don't know if there if there's something that I missed. I'm like, I would be like, I'd be calling you back, like, hey, hey, I missed this. I totally miss this. But not seriously. I I mean, I am the biggest, or I feel as though I'm in my mind, I'm the biggest advocate for HSCT. If I could have billboards in Chicago say, "Hey, guess what's being done here?" I would because there's people in Chicago who have no idea you're walking down magnificent, you know, mile, you know, and there's people out there who have MS. I mean, I I know that we're walking by people who have MS and nobody has a clue that it's going on in Northwestern. And I'm like, why not? You know? And so you just, you do, you want to get the word out. And, you know, my husband was one of those guys who was like, I want to take out billboards and say, this is, this is where Dr. Bird is all you MS people come here, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, if he can, if one thing to remember about Dr. Burt is if he can help you, he will try to help you. That's bottom line, how Dr. Burt works. And, um, some people that get the no or get the not yet it's only because he has to follow a certain protocol.
1: Right. And
2: I, I feel terrible that, and I'm sure he feels terrible too
1: Oh, that he
2: can't help everybody because that man saved my life and others and if he could do that for everybody he would Um, so
1: and I believe that he is trying to just in offering this to everyone that it will help and benefit and for the no's out there it doesn't mean that it won't work for you it's that he is—he right. has limited capacity within his lab, mm-hmm. if you will, and, and the resources that mm-hmm. he has access to, to even mm-hmm. offer it to the number of people he does. And so even by promoting his research and publications and being so mm-hmm. devoted to us, where he's showing yeah. up on Sundays... You know, like, I know
2: those were fun. Those are the best days because you could spend a little bit extra time yeah. with you on Sundays, Saturday and Sundays. But I felt bad. I'm like, what about your, your family? <laughs> so, but yeah. I mean, I, people have to remember I was a no. I was right. initially a no, right. you know, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't lose hope. I kept that in the back of my head that I'm like, I'm not bad enough yet. And I hate saying that because it's like, who wants to get worse in order to get the treatment? Nobody does. You know, no. however, the protocol dictates what he is allowed and not allowed to do. I mean, that's the that's the simplest way to put it. And if he could help everybody and anybody who is a candidate for this, a possible candidate for this, then he would. But because of, you know, the laws that be here, you know, in the United States, especially, you know, with the FDA and IRBs and, uh, you know, everything, the CDC, yada, yada, all that stuff. I mean he he has to go by those specific rules and he he can only allow certain people in um and then sometimes he can do compassionate care which you know he won't say it's compassionate care you know nobody's going to say it's compassionate care um but it is and it's basically the people who are doing so badly that, you know, he's like, I really need to help them. You know. And he has some ability to do that. But as far as like this next, this next trial that he's running right now, I think he's just trying to get at least, you know, people who are good candidates for the trial. Um, and so if you are a no right now for the trial, your name is still on his docket and still in his book. And so if it comes to the point where he can start offering compassionate care to people, I'm sure he he will.
1: That's such a great reminder to not lose hope and get your Mm -hmm. name on that list. At least just be curious enough to go learn more about this as an option. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's all I have for you, believe it or not. But like okay. you said, it seems as though we covered everything, and you are quite yeah. this, quite the spokesperson for HSCT. Maybe someday you will have your own billboard. Um, oh, that <laughs> you never know the possibilities. Yeah. Hey, who knows? Nobody knows what's
2: going to happen in the future. All I know is that my future is bright and I'm looking forward to every step I take, every moment. I mean, I'm living life to the fullest as as much as I can.
1: So bright. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing your brilliant light on your experience with HSCT, your experience with MS and just sharing all of your energy with us has been a brilliant experience. Um, I wish you all the best with health and wellness and re- continued recovery. Oh, thank you. Seeing to you.
0: Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Alitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes, and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode, highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.